for performing that for us tonight. That was great. That was great. It's tough when you get up here. And uh, boy, if you don't believe it, try it sometime. It's, uh, it's, it's tough. And she done a great job. We thank the Lord for that. I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please, and turn to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter number 1. We're working our way on Countdown to Courage. We're working our way through the books of First and Second Timothy. And as I was getting ready for the broadcast the other day, God really had something that stood out to me that I wanted to share with our congregation tonight. And I think this is just, I think it'll help you tonight. I really do. And so Second uh, Timothy chapter number one in your Bibles, I'll try to be uh, somewhat brief tonight, but I want you to uh, when you find your place, if you'll stand with us tonight out of respect for the reading of God's Word, if you're able, that is. 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to begin in verse number 1 and read down through around verse number 7. The Bible says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I've been trying to, uh, here recently I've been really trying to work on my Bible memorization and and so I'll ask the Lord, Lord, show me, a, show me the next verse that you want me to memorize. And, uh, and verse 7 was my verse here recently. And the Bible says, For God hath, hath not given us the spirit of fear. Well, that's a good verse for us to know right now, isn't it? Especially in COVID time. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I want to talk to you about that a little bit tonight. You may be seated. And I'm just going to entitle this tonight, An Appeal for Soundness. I don't know that the word soundness is a word, but we're going to make it one tonight. Amen. And uh, we're going to make up our own word this evening, soundness, soundness, uh, an appeal for soundness. And and, uh, I think this will be helpful. I think it'll make sense tonight once we get into it. And so, Let me try to help you tonight just a little bit. Let's let the Lord help us tonight. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask the Lord to speak to our hearts tonight. Father, thank you for this wonderful service that we've enjoyed tonight. And I can't believe I'm already up here. Lord, it seems like everything flew by. The mission's emphasis time. We thank you so much for the Pattisons and Lord, what you're using them to do there in the Philippines. And Lord, we're grateful that you're using them. We're grateful, Lord, for their steadfastness and their perseverance, and Lord, uh, all of our missionaries do. They all write these wonderful letters, encouraging letters, but Father, we also know that realistically, 
There are times when they get discouraged. There are times when maybe they don't see the results that they would like to see or maybe they're not seeing things happen like they've dreamed would happen. But yet, Lord, they write these encouraging letters to the churches. And for that, we're grateful. But at the same time, Lord, help us to be mindful, to pray for them and to lift them up and to encourage them. But Lord, we're thankful for the, for the Pattisons. And Father, we're asking you tonight as a church family, as their mission church family, Father, we're asking you to put a hedge around them. God, I pray that you would protect them and I pray that you would, Lord, please keep them encouraged. And Lord, please keep them in the way. Father, I pray that you'd protect them from temptation. And I pray that you would strengthen their marriage and their home and their family. And God, help them as they try to rear these children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And Father, I pray that you'd work in the hearts of those that they're reaching. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you would, that you would build a bulwark there for the cause of Jesus Christ on the island of Negros. And God, we pray that you'd meet the need and fund the work as they plant this church. And God, I pray that, uh, Lord, that it would be something great for the cause of Jesus and for the glory of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for the great music tonight, the great singing. And Lord, now for the special that Emory, Lord, gave us tonight. We thank you for that. And I pray that our hearts have been prepared to receive something from your precious book tonight. And so, Lord, fill us now with the Holy Spirit, not only the pastor, but the people. And I pray that we would, Lord, get something that would help us in our Christian walk and our Christian life. And we pray most of all that Jesus would receive glory and praise and honor from all that's done. Save that one that's nearest hell and encourage that child of God that might be a little discouraged tonight. Direct our words now and our thoughts, please. Lord, we love you and praise you. And we ask these things in Jesus' precious name and for his sake. And all God's people said, amen. And I noticed here that Paul, when instructing younger Timothy, I noticed that Paul uses a word and that word really stood out to me. I also noticed that Paul uses this word on several different occasions, not just in 2 Timothy, but also, I believe, in 1 Timothy. It's the word sound. You may have noticed it tonight when we read it in verse number seven. That was our text verse. And the Bible says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And Paul uses that word sound on several different occasions. And if I might point out tonight, not the noun, but the adjective. There, there is a difference. The word sound there means this. It means competent, reliable, holding acceptable views. But I love this next definition, and this is really the one that I want to focus on tonight. The word sound means free from flaw. It means free from defect or free from decay. In other words, when Paul used the word sound, he meant it's something that is reliable. It's something that's competent. It's something that you can count on. It is, it is sound. Have you ever seen this? We have some builders in our church here tonight. Have you ever seen a builder or a contractor walk up uh, or walk into a house or maybe walk up onto a deck and he would do something like this? He would go... 
And he would say, it feels sound. In other words, it doesn't, at least it doesn't feel like the termites have got into it. It feels like it's solid. It feels like it's competent. It feels like uh, it's, it's, it's free from, from defect or decay. We have a lot of farmers in Union Grove. And, uh, and my dad, we always, uh, at least many of the years that I was at home, we, dad always had horses. And if you've ever seen farmers go from farm to farm or they're buying a, 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 a live piece of livestock, especially a horse, you'll see a farmer walk up to that horse and one of the things that he does is he takes its lips and he spreads its lips apart. And he looks at a horse's teeth. Now, that may not mean a lot to you, but to a farmer, it says a lot. Because when he looks at its teeth and its teeth are healthy, to that farmer, it says this. It says that this animal is sound. He's in good health. He's probably going to be reliable. We can probably, uh, you know, we can probably buy this animal and he'll probably be an asset uh, on the farm. How about this? Have you ever had an inspector come to examine your house? Maybe you were getting ready to sell your house and the inspector came and he examined the foundation uh, and the crawl space. Not a place that you'd want to hang out. When he went and put his overalls on and his rubber boots, maybe he crawled underneath the crawl space with a flashlight uh, and he came out a little bit later and he said this. He said, your foundation is sound. It's sound. In other words, I think you can safely sell this house or you can safely purchase this house because it's sound. It has a good foundation. Again, I'm just trying to sort of paint a picture in your mind tonight. I like this and not every state is like this. But usually when you get in an elevator in the state of North Carolina, there's always an inspection certificate that is uh, in view in the elevator and it's signed by the elevator inspector in North Carolina. And, and basically that inspection certificate says this, that this elevator has been inspected and it is sound. By the way, which is a good feeling when you get on an elevator to know that it is sound. What do you mean, preacher? It's safe. It's reliable. It's free from flaw. It's free from defect or decay. And that's what Paul is doing here when Paul writes to this younger man in the ministry. He writes to Timothy and he admonishes Timothy and he says, Timothy, give attention to soundness. Make sure that you're sound. Make sure that you pay attention to soundness. Now, you say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, let me give you some specifics tonight if I could real quickly. Number one, we first of all see soundness of mind. And boy, this is an important one. This is our longest point. We get to the next two, they're short. So this is the longest one. We're gonna camp out here a little longer than any other point tonight. Look back at our text tonight, if you will. Second, uh, Second Timothy chapter one. And verse number seven, and Paul, the veteran missionary, the veteran preacher is writing to this younger man in the faith. And he says in verse seven, Timothy, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, notice this, and of a sound mind. Now you study that out. When Paul talks about that sound mind, it's the idea of self-control. Temperance, self-control. In other words, Paul was saying to Timothy, Timothy, God wants us to make sure that we stay in control of our mind. 
Stay in control of your mind. By the way, church, uh, please understand something, that the battlefield for the child of God is the mind in a lot of different ways, not, not just in uh, wickedness, and I'll get into that a little bit later. I don't want to get ahead of myself here. But the battlefield for the child of God is most definitely the mind. And by the way, for what it's worth, the Bible has much to say about the mind. In fact, 92 different times the scripture talks about the mind. Uh, you don't have to turn there because we're going to go some other places in Timothy. But Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Isaiah 20. 26.3, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Matthew 22.37, Jesus saith unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Romans chapter 8, verse number 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind mind. Now again, the point I want to make tonight is this, and the point that the Lord is trying to make tonight is this, that it is very important. It's vital. It's imperative. We've got to do it. We don't have any, any wiggle room. Uh, you young people that are, that are listening to your preacher this, uh, tonight, and, and you young men that are listening to your pastor tonight, by the way, I love you very much. And, uh, and, uh, and yes, I'm getting older, but it's not been that long since I've been where you are. And, and by the way, temptation is not something that ever just disappears. But I want you to understand that it is, it, is, it is so important that you be in control of your mind. You have to control your mind. Now you say, Pastor, what are you talking about specifically? Well, the Bible is, 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 is pointing to this. We ought to have a sound mind when it comes, first of all, to morality. We need a sound mind when it comes to morality. Now, let me put this in its context. Paul is writing to Timothy, and Timothy is the pastor, is going to be the pastor of, of a church in a place called Ephesus. Ephesus. A modern day Turkey now. Ephesus. Uh, you say, Pastor, uh, is that important? It's really important. Because Paul knew, maybe more than Timothy knew, Paul knew that Ephesus was going to be a very dirty place to pastor. Ephesus was known as the treasure house of Asia. Boy, there are pictures you can look at, at least what they think it looked like, used to look like. Uh, and, 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 and Ephesus was, it was spectacular. I mean, it was, boy, it was something to see. In fact, it was in Asia, I'm sorry, let me back up. It was in Ephesus where one of the sites called the seven wonders of the world were in Ephesus. And that, that wonder of the world was the temple of Artemis, the temple of Artemis. Now, let me tell you what the Ephesian people believed. Uh, it's believed, at least by tradition, that a meteorite fell uh, into, into Ephesus. The people took that meteorite and they carved that meteorite into a likeness of Artemis, the goddess Artemis, uh, and they, they erected that God and they worshiped the goddess Artemis. Now, Artemis was 
Uh, she was supposed to be a female. She was supposed to be the God of, of fertility. By the way, she was pretty much the same as the goddess Diana uh, and the goddess of, uh, of fertility. She was the female. She was known as the, as the female warrior. Uh, but these people and people would come from far and near uh, to worship the goddess Artemis. And so my point is this, this was a place of incredible idolatry. In fact, the whole city pretty much was given to worshiping idols. And in this respect, female idols. By the way, um, we, we could probably go a lot further than that, but I won't. But, I, but I'm just saying this, that a lot of times the worship that took place in these temples was as godless as you could ever possibly imagine. It was absolutely uh, it was absolutely wicked. And so upon that, Paul writes to Timothy and says, Timothy, you make sure that you guard your mind. Guard your mind. Now, let me say something about that tonight. Did you know the truth is, we can't always determine what we're going to see. But we do have the power to determine what we watch. So there are, there are times when you didn't do it on purpose. You say, oh, I, I, preacher, I, I didn't look at that on purpose. It was just there. It came up. It was there in the checkout line. Uh, I, I, I had no intentions of looking at anything wrong. Uh, it, 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 it was there. It was just there. Uh, there was the magazine section. Or it came up on a commercial, and, and I couldn't get to the controller fast enough. And, uh, and so I understand something tonight. And you young men, I want you to hear, hear your preacher out tonight. You may not have control of the first glance but you definitely have control of the second one. That's so important. If you see something that's wrong, that's one thing. Yeah, we're getting some help tonight. If you see something that's wrong and you didn't mean to do it, that's one thing, but here, here's what you ought to do as a child of God. You have a responsibility to guard your mind. And so that means this, when you see that thing that's evil, that thing that's wicked, that thing that's immoral, make sure that you turn away from it. Well, sometimes, fellas, sometimes you have to control. You have to control your eyes. Sometimes, how many know this? Sometimes you just gotta look up. Why? Because it's important that it's important that we guard our minds. Uh, listen to what Job said in Job 31.1. I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? Listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 101 and verse number three. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Now this is all I'm saying. Don't take a chance with your mind. In fact, listen to Proverbs chapter four, verse number 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. And you've heard me preach this before, but when it says keep thy heart with all diligence, it literally means to set up a blockade, to walk guard around your mind. And when things come and they won't end, you're, you're like, you don't have a pass. You can't get in. You're not coming in. Uh, listen, how many know this? You wouldn't want a virus to come in on your computer. Well, you know what wicked thoughts are? They're like a virus that infiltrates the computer. By the way, by the way, did you know when things get in here, they're hard to get out? That's why it's important that you, you, you that, that's why it's important that you never let them in. 
Because once you put things in this computer, man, it's so hard. It is so hard to get them out. Listen to Romans 13, verse number 14. The Bible says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this now. And make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. In other words, if you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. So don't even give yourself the chance Boy, if I had the time, I'd, I'd preach it tonight. But you know what? That's one, that's one of the things that Christ taught. Christ taught this. Don't walk on the edge. Don't, don't. This is, this is how a lot of Christians live their life. They're walking on the edge. Well, pastor, I haven't fallen. No, but you're close. It wouldn't take but one puff of air. It wouldn't take but one little mistake. We don't want to see how close to the edge we can get. Man, we want to stay away from the edge. And we want to we make sure that we guard ourselves and guard our testimony and guard our reputation and guard our mind. We were listening the other day. We were listening to Dr. David Jeremiah. And Dr. Jeremiah was talking about when he was a boy and he and his family were up in Michigan and they were staying at some kind of a resort, some kind of a lake or something like that. And, uh, and he said they never had really been around a lot of water. He said he didn't know how to swim. And they were staying in a cabin and he said his mom and dad had to go to the town, I guess, to buy some things. And they told him, they said, now, David, now we're going to go pick up a few things. Don't get close to the water. Well, his parents left. David Jeremiah got his swimming trunks on and, and he sure enough, he went down to the, down to the water. Didn't, didn't get in the deep, but he, he did get in the water a little bit. And then he thought this, he thought, you know what, I'll, I'll beat mom and b- uh, dad back to the cabin. And so he uh, uh, took off from the pier and was making his way back to the cabin. And mom and dad got home a little sooner than he thought. And, and so they intersected and his mom said, David, why do you have your swimming trunks on? Listen to this now. <laughs> David Jeremiah said this is the dumbest thing he's ever said. And she said, why do you have your swimming trunks on? And he said this, mom, I've got my swimming trunks on in case I got tempted. (laughs) Funny, yeah, it is is funny, but that's how a lot of Christians live. (laughs) Well, just in case I get tempted, I'm not gonna do it, but just in case I get tempted, and they keep things around and they, they, they keep sin in close proximity. And listen, I'm gonna get off this point. That's all I'm saying though. You know what? You and I have a responsibility to guard our mind. Don't take a chance with your mind. Don't take a chance with your mind. And so a sound mind when it comes to morality. But how about this? A sound mind when it comes to misery. Now, I think really this is probably a little bit more even the context that Paul's talking about here. Look back if you will. 2 Timothy chapter one, verse number seven. He says to Timothy, for God hath not given us the spirit of what? The spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so what Paul is saying to Timothy is this, Timothy, as you go down to this ungodly place to minister in Ephesus, uh, it's, listen, uh, uh, this place is uh, wicked as the day is long and, the, and it's a big, giant metropolitan city. It was the epicenter at that time. And, and no doubt there were hundreds of thousands of people that were living there. And, and Paul is saying this, young man, as you go down there to pastor, let me tell you what's gonna happen. It's probably going to become a little bit overwhelming. 
It's going to attempt to work on your mind. But don't let your mind be filled with fear or what we would call worry. Boy, that's a tough one, isn't it? I, you know, maybe, you're, maybe you are uh, the kind of person you never worry about anything. Me, I have to work on it. Worry. I find myself, if I'm not careful, I find myself worrying. And sometimes people say, well, you know, but, but preacher, what, what if everything doesn't work out? And, 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 and what are people going to think? I mean, if I live the Christian life and, and I look different and I act different and I talk different, what are people going to think? And, 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 and preacher, what, what if we can't afford it? And, 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 and pastor, what if COVID doesn't go away? I mean, we thought that when we hit 2021, that it'd be a brand new year and no more mask and no more COVID and everything would be great. No more social distancing. What if COVID, uh, COVID doesn't go away? And on top of that, pastor, what if I catch COVID? What about that? What if I lose my job? What if my candidate doesn't get elected? Now, here's, here, here's the Here's the, the context, I believe, is this. Paul is saying this, young man, if you use your mind to worry, your mind is not going to be sound. If you are so eat up with worry, you're not gonna be making the right kinds of decisions. And by the way, Calvary, that's true. That's so true. Back when we were in the midst of building this building and, and uh, boy, uh, God was so gracious. God was so good to us. And I'd like to, I'd like to come here tonight and tell you that I never worried. But, I, but if I told you I never worried, I'd probably have to get on the altar tonight and confess it. And I, and, I, and I would like to think that I was more concerned than I was worried. But I'll be honest with you, man, uh, we, we, you know, we'd be doing things here in the church and, 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 and when we, we would get a bill, you know, Bills are never $350. In fact, when we would get a bill, they're never $3,500. It seemed like we couldn't get a bill under 10 grand. And every time we'd get, uh, every time we'd get a bill, man, it was 10,000, 20,000, 40,000, 60,000. And, uh, and man, I, you know, I've got, my, I've got my stack of papers. And, and Brother Ernie's laughing at me right now. And I, I've got my stack of papers. And, man, I'm doing all the math. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I, I don't know. We still need to do this. And we still need to do this. And we still need to do this. And I don't know if we're going to have enough money. And I don't know if we're going to make it. And, uh, and, and the Lord knows what I'm talking about. And there were some times when I got so full of worry that I didn't have a sound mind. And so I'd start saying, well, I'm going to have to cut something. I'm going to have to cut a radio station. We're just going to cut radio. And so I think, oh, okay, that's it. That's it. I'm going I'm to get with the deacons and I'm just going to tell them we're going to cut the radio. And as soon as I would do that, as soon as I would get ready to do that, my phone would go ding. And I'd look at it and it would say, Brother Pope, you don't know what a blessing the radio was today. I'd look on my computer, there'd be an email there and it would say, 
Calvary Baptist Church. Thank you for being on the, on the airwaves. Thank you for the, for the broadcast. Thank you for speaking in our life. Thank you for being such an encouragement now. And I'm glad that he done it gently, but the Lord would come to me and the Lord would convict me. And yes, he would rebuke me. And he would say, why don't you quit worrying about cutting things and just trust me. Now, again, the point being this, that if you allow your mind to become filled with worry, you don't have a sound mind. What we need to understand tonight is this, that God is in control. So tonight when you leave, stop by the bookstore and look at those big gigantic plaques on the wall. And this is what they say. My father's way may twist and turn. My heart may throb and ache, but in my soul, I'm glad I know he maketh no mistake. My cherished plans may go astray. My hopes may fade away, but still I'll trust my Lord to lead for he doth know the way. Though night be dark and it may seem that day will never break, I'll pin my faith, my all in him. He maketh no mistake. There's so much I cannot see. My eye light far too dim. But come what may, I'll simply trust and leave it all to him. For by and by the, the mist will lift and plain it all he'll make through all the way, though dark to me. Hallelujah. He maketh no mistake. And so Paul writes to this younger man and he says, Timothy, make sure you have soundness of mind. Guard your mind. Guard your mind. Oh, boy, I love our young men here tonight. I'm so burdened for our young generation. Hey, adults, it's different. It's different. Oh, oh no, uh, yeah, we, we had wickedness. when we, It's just a swipe away. It's just one button. Sometimes you don't even have to push a button. You can just... Say it to your phone and your phone will bring it up. I'm so burdened for our younger generation. I'm so burdened for our young men. And I want to say, fellas, you guard your mind. Guard your mind. Make sure that you have soundness of mind concerning morality, soundness of mind concerning misery. We'll hit these last two quickly and we're going to go to the house. But I notice Paul mentions this word in some other places. Number two, we notice soundness of mouth. Now, you're in 2 Timothy. Look at uh, chapter 1 and look at verse number 13. And Paul says, Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Hold fast the form of sound words. Sound words. It's the Greek word hygiano. We get a, a word from that. It's the, it's the word Hygiene. And it means this. It means to be in good health. In other words, what he's saying is this, and what the Spirit of God is saying is this. Use words that are healthy to yourself and others. Guard your words. Mark your words. Be careful what you say. Be careful. Be careful what you say. Boy, how many know that sometimes, sometimes if we're not careful, we are so critical and I'm, I'm preaching to myself tonight as well. Sometimes we are so negative. Sometimes we just say, we just say the, most, the, the most idiotic thing. Sometimes we just speak before we think, before we pray. Uh, sometimes our words are not healthy. Our words are not healthy to ourselves and our words are not healthy to others. Sometimes we're just critical. I read the story 
of a, of a husband who was just so hard to get along with. I don't know what the guy's his, his deal was. He was just absolute hard to get along with. And so his wife was determined, though, that she was gonna, she was gonna be a good wife. And so she came to her husband and she said, "Honey, she said, uh, what would you like for breakfast in the morning?" And man, he just, he literally, he just growled at her. And he said, "I'll take coffee and toast, grits and sausage." And he said, I want two eggs, one scrambled, one fried. She said, okay. She went in the kitchen. She prepared it all. It was a beautiful plate. She brought it back. She set it on the table. She was waiting for a little praise. And he looked down at the plate in disdain. And he said, I cannot believe this. You scrambled the wrong egg. But that's how it is, isn't it? Well, some people are just bent. <laughs> Amen. Hey, we're going to be done in just a minute. But what I, say, I feel some preach coming on. I feel some preach coming on. And, and boy, if you're not careful, you can come to a church like this. And, and man, when there's 10 million positive things that are going on and, and God is working and folks are being saved and, uh, and the church is growing and, and seats are being filled and there's a spirit of revival. And, but if we're not careful, we'll focus on the negative. We'll focus on the, de- on the dark. We'll fe- focus on the blackness. We'll focus on, the, on, on, the, on the, the bad things. And listen, oh, listen, let's make sure that our words are sound. Our words are sound. One man said to his wife, how come you don't make the kind of pie filling my mama used to make? And she fired back and said, how come you don't make the kind of dough my daddy used to make? (laughs) Proverbs 18, 21 Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Ephesians 4, 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Colossians chapter four, verse number six. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Soundness. Sound. Hey, your mind. Is your mind sound? Hey, how about, how about your mouth? Is it sound? Sound. And so we see here tonight, we see soundness of mind, soundness of mouth, we're done tonight. How about this? We see number three, soundness of what I'm gonna call soundness of manifesto. The word manifesto means this. It means a written, a written statement declaring publicly the intentions, motives, or views of its issuer. Guess what I have on my pulpit tonight? I have a manifesto. And the one that wrote this manifesto is the Holy Spirit. And inside this manifesto, it tells me publicly his intentions, his motives, and his views, by the way, which do not line up with the world. And so that's why when you come to a church like this and your life begins to change, they begin to say things like, what are you doing? Going to a cult or something? You know why? Because 
They're not paying attention to the manifesto. Cult, no. Bible, yes. Might not hurt them to read the Bible. Might not hurt them to read all the Bible. Might not hurt them to go to a church where the preacher preaches all the Bible. And not just the little snippets and the little, you know, social sermonettes, uh, you know, that he wants to preach, but maybe where they preach the whole counsel of God. And boy, I'm feeling better and better about this message all the time tonight. Now you're in 2 Timothy. Look at chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 2. Paul again writes to this younger man and he says in verse number 2, preach the word. Be in instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. And look at verse three. He said, Timothy, for the time will come when they will not endure what kind of doctrine? By the way, if you went in a lot of churches and did that, it'd fall apart. They got termites in the woodwork. They're preaching something, but they're not preaching sound doctrine. I'm not trying to be critical tonight. I'm just telling you the truth tonight. I'm telling you the truth. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. What in the world, pastor? What does that mean? <laughs> having itching ears. This is what itching ears means. What would you like to hear? Tell me what you want me to preach. And that's what I'll preach. By the way, tell me what you don't want me to preach and I'll stay away from it. As long as you keep your tithe here. Oh yes. As long as you pay my insurance. As long as you keep increasing my package. Tell me what you want and that's what and that's what I'll preach. And by the way, I, you know, I, one of these days I hope to get some class like some of these other men, but I, I, I don't know. That might be a lost cause. And I'm just telling you what that is right there. That is straight out of the pit of hell. That's what that is. Now I want you to understand something. We're, we're done. I want you to understand, and I want everybody to understand, that at Calvary Baptist Church, we believe in something called biblical authority. Biblical authority, which says this, this book, the buck stops right here. And if this book says it, we don't care if it hair lips all of Union Grove. By the grace of God, by the grace of God, we're gonna do it. You say, Pastor, we may never have 10,000 if you keep, you know, if you keep adhering to that. Well, we may never have 10,000, but we never started to have 10,000. We started to obey what God says. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Because we're a church that believes in biblical authority, at least I believe this, it's why the church is growing. And it's why the world looks on and they're thinking, how? I went there one time. He preaches like a maniac. It's loud. 
Their choir, there were, uh, you know, six or seven people that raised their hand in the choir and and somebody waved their hanky and and somebody stood up and waved their Bible and said, hallelujah, there are a bunch of holy rollers down there. Brother, you call us what you want, but hallelujah, hallelujah for the manifesto tonight. This manifesto works. Yes, it works. It works. It works. Now, here's, here's what we need to do, Calvary. Stick with the book. Just stick with the book. Why? It works. Harry Ironside. Harry Ironside eventually took Moody Memorial Church. Some of our people have been there. It's, it's, it's something. And Harry Ironside, who was the pastor of Moody Memorial Church, was walking down the sidewalk one night in Chicago, Illinois, and there was an atheist that was speaking that night. He spoke very eloquently. He knew how to form his words. And that night he was basically preaching and he was saying that there is no God. That Bible's just a book. Jesus was just a man. Uh, heaven is a figment of somebody's imagination. And, uh, and anyway, he preached that, that junk for a, a while. And then finally, in his pride, he, and the crowd had really gathered, and he said to the crowd, he said, I dare anybody in this crowd to come and openly debate with me that there is a God, and that Bible right there is the Word of God. Amen. Harry Ironside stepped up. said, I'll take it. He spoke to the crowd that night, and he said, here's what we're going to do. He said, we'll meet back at the same corner tonight at 8 p.m. And he said, when we meet here, I'm going to bring 100 people whose life has been changed by this book right here. He said, not only will I bring 100 people, but he said, I'll bring 100 people who used to be prostitutes, who used to be drunkards, who used to be derelicts, who used to be on the street, who used to be drug addicts. I'll bring those 100 people whose lives, yes, 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 have been transformed by the glorious gospel of Jesus. But wait a minute, Mr. Atheist, you make sure at 8 p.m. tonight, you bring 100 people back whose lives have been changed by what you preach. Boy, I'm feeling good right now, aren't y'all? By the way, he couldn't do that. You know why? Because there's power in this manifesto. There's power in this book right here. So what was Paul's message? Give attention to soundness. Soundness in mind, soundness in mouth, and soundness in in manifesto, amen. Wow, thank you, Lord, for speaking to my heart tonight. Father, I thank you so much for this time we've had together tonight. Lord, I wasn't really sure about the service before I got here tonight, but you sure, you sure blessed. And I, I can only hope that someone got rekindled tonight like I did while I was preaching. I'm so glad tonight, Father, that we can have a mind that is sound. I would admit it's harder to do in this day in which we're living. But God, we can have a sound mind. Not only morally, but God, when it comes to misery, Lord, we don't have to worry. 
We don't have to fret. Lord, you've got this. Everything's all right in my father's house. Lord, we can rest in you. Lord, help us to be sound in mouth. Help us as a church family to be so careful about the things that we say. And God, we are so thankful for this sound manifesto that you've given us tonight. It's not very popular all the time, but that's all right. We're sure thankful for your wonderful letter that you've given to your people. Father, I pray tonight that you'll bless on this invitation. Maybe someone needs to come and make their way to an old-fashioned altar tonight on this Wednesday night and say, Lord, would you help me to be sound? Maybe some men or some young men, maybe some husbands and wives didn't make their way to an old-fashioned altar tonight and say, Lord, would you help us to be sound? God, would you help our home to be sound, our mouth to be sound? And Lord, would you help us to pay attention to this wonderful word you've given us tonight? Lord, have your way, please, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed.